Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello and welcome to Off The Beaten Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Today's episode... Well, I get to sit down with actress Amanda Abington, and we have a really good natter, and you're about to hear it. Um, Before we do press play on the chat, I just want to say thanks to uh, Scroobius Pip and everybody at the Distraction Pieces Network. Um, I'd also like to thank 76 for producing this podcast. And, And props to 76, because at the moment, podcasts are being recorded remotely, so you know, there's there's more work to be done. You know, when these things are done over Zoom, sometimes they can be glitchy, sometimes there can be time delay, and, and, and 76 does an amazing job of, of making it all sound um, really nice for your listening pleasure. So thanks to uh, to 76 for that. Um, also, if this is your first time listening to Off The Beat and Track podcast, then when you finish listening to this ace uh, chat, Go and have a look in the archives because you'll have access to over 153 episodes where you can listen to me chatting to all manner of actors, actresses, DJs, producers. Um, I mean, if you're obviously listening to this because uh, you're a fan of Amanda's work. And if you like uh, fantastic British actresses, um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, I spoke to Maxine Peake. Uh, that's a great listen. Um, what other actors have I had recently? Michael Smiley a couple of weeks ago. Um, so go and have a, a look in the archives and you'll find some some smashing chats to go and have a, a listen to. Um, and if that's not enough, I do also have a Patreon page. So each week I put up loads of radio shows and video episodes and and sometimes I put other episodes up like uh, up front of them getting a, a general release. So And it also just gives you an opportunity to to support the podcast as well you can find out about all of this stuff at off the beat and track podcast.com anyway i'm done with the kind of intro stuff now let's get on with today's episode please enjoy off the beat and track podcast with the wonderful amanda abington listen up i've only got another new sponsor egg fried it's this super cool clothing label and if you're into sort of skating and street art and gigging and, and kind of like really cool art and throwing a little bit of Asian culture and, and the designer's kind of weird sense of humour in the mix, then you're pretty much there with the wonderful world that is eggfried.com. Now, they do these amazing punchy kind of graphic tees, hoodies and sweatshirts, beautiful art prints, as well as this, they have a denim range, all handmade in-house, all supporting the slow fashion movement. 
Not only that, they have given you a discount code, 10% off when you head over to eggfried.com. Just use the code EGGSALAD, E-W-G-S-A-L-A-D. Save 10%. Go and get lost in the world of egg fried. Also, they've got a new kids range, and it's called Small Fried, and it's super cool, super cute. Um, and again, it's all over there in this wonderful world. Go and get involved at eggfried.com. It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. Okay, we're recording. Uh, sitting opposite me today, via the means of Zoom, Amanda Abington. Hello. Hello, darling. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. We've just had a chat that we're, we're currently sporting uh, identical haircuts at the moment. Yeah, yeah. identical hair, haircuts, which our children don't like or which people that we love don't like. So Completely. Yeah. Completely. But, Doesn't um, matter. <laughs> um, well, thanks loads for giving up your time today to come and chat records with me. Thank you. I love it. I'll always talk about music wherever I can. Wonderful. Well, before we get on to that, just quickly, yeah. have you found um, the last sort of three, four months of lockdown as as a mum and a human and as a creative? Uh, well, I, I'm quite a loner anyway, so I'm a bit of an introvert anyway. So the idea of sort of just being on my own in my house for a considerable amount of time didn't worry me too much and actually I quite like there were moments where I got really panicky and I thought oh my god is this it now is this how we're just going to live for the rest of our lives um it was when the homeschooling started that I was a little bit like oh god I can't I, I can't do this because I, I I'm not a teacher I'm not a teacher and um having a 50 nearly 15 year old boy and a 12 year old girl who don't really get on most of the time in the house um was a little bit like uh, and having to field that and having to hot helicopter parent them homeschooling and making sure they were doing it and they yeah. weren't whatsapping their mate was quite and I have yeah. I mean I've always had a, a respect for, for teachers but now I'm like mate you are you do a, 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 a thankless job they just do and it's it, you understand why now that, that teaching is a vocation because you have to love it because otherwise you would just you just kill them <laughs> You know what I mean? I didn't mind the lockdown. I, thought, I, I liked the, the serenity of it. I didn't like the, 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 the virus, obviously, but I kind of liked the idea of it just, everyone just like slowing down a little bit and actually taking time. But then the work yeah. things kicked in and it was like, oh, yeah, no, one's, no one's earning any money. So that was a bit yeah, of a, that was a, bit of a well. worry, but... It was, yeah. And it was like, oh, crikey, then we've got to start thinking about that. Um, and sort of creatively as well. I mean, I was supposed to be doing a play now and I was supposed to be doing a little telly job and that had all stopped. And so because you gear yourself up to do a play and, and I was really looking forward to doing this this play. And then it they, they, they were going to do it at the end of the year. And then it was like, no, in the theatres, we don't know when the theatres are opening next. So that felt really weird, that hiatus of like actually not knowing where theatre's going and still not really knowing what's, what's going to happen with theatre. And it's, it, that, that's slightly worrying for me and a lot of my friends because theatre is such an important part of, of our lives and our livelihood. And I think, you know, if it, if, if it immeasurably changes, um, 
I don't know. I don't know the outcome of that. So that's quite, you know, it's quite a worrying time in terms of a huge part of our careers. But yeah. not, the, the unknown of that is the, the unknowing part of that is, is slightly worrying because theatres, I love theatre and I love doing it and I love going. Um, so that's, that's a bit scary. <laughs> Should we talk about some records? Yeah. <laughs> Amanda, I want you to tell me the song with the greatest ever intro. <laughs> uh, I think <laughs> it's Nirvana, Smells Like Teen Spirit. Wonderful choice. Because it's one of the, I mean, I was a big, I mean, I was a, it, it was 1991 and they were just kind of coming through, breaking through. And I remember watching that video, you know, it's such an iconic video now of the, you know, of the, the cheerleaders and that dark, grungy thing. And I remember reading, actually, that they put, the, 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 the Nirvana put out a flyer, uh, just put it, they pasted them all around saying, any, any kids from 17 to 25 who want to come and appear in a music video, dresses like college grunge. Really? So they're all, they're all just kids that, that they, they got from fl- a flyer. But that, um, that intro... Is and I was I listened to it again the other day because I listened to Nirvana a lot still and I listened to it yesterday just to reaffirm what I thought about it and it is such a it's such you know exactly what it is and you have this massive cacophony of like drums and guitar and then it comes right back down when you have that and you think oh, where's it going now it's like I think it's like one of the most perfect rock songs ever written. I couldn't agree more. And I, I, I mean, they were the masters of the kind of lad, quiet, lad, quiet, you know, every single song just stripped yeah. down. And then when the chorus come, the, regarding the intro, the producer said of that, that um, when he first heard the finished version, it sounded mm. like when all the drums and the guitars kick in, it just sounded like a house was collapsing on top of you. And I just thought yeah. well, that sums that up perfectly. Because it comes from nowhere. It starts at like, it comes in at 90 and you think, where's this going to, I don't know where this is going to go. So when they bring it yeah. right down before he starts singing, it's, I think it's a bit, yeah. a, a, it's a bit genius. And he, he said, didn't he, Kurt Cobain yeah. said that it was a, it was a, he's a blatant ripoff of a Pixies song. Like he, he was so yeah. into the Pixies at that time that actually yeah. he just wanted to emulate them. And I think, you know, you can yeah. really hear, the pixies in in their a lot of their music but it's a phenomenal (laughs) but i also think that so many more people now know about the pixies because of nirvana oh completely and as much as they were floating about before that it was everyone then went back yeah they did i think they were Um, they really put them on the map again they did you know and that i mean i've been i I run like a, a a rock club uh, and have done for like 30 years. And I've never seen a moment in 30 years where music comes and goes. If I drop that teen spirit, mm. the minute people hear that little guitar lick at the beginning, <laughs> it still causes fucking mayhem. Yeah. And it's like, how many songs can do that 30 years later? Just have like, that huge not that, kind of... I don't think re- not re- that re- impact. Not that sort of... It, mm. It's like, it's... It's definitely up there as one of the, like a benchmark of how to write the. I mean, because it was so. And actually, you know, in hindsight, now when you think about, 
you know, he never wanted to be famous and he never, you know, he just wanted to play music. So all that, you can feel it, you can feel the rage and you can feel the, it's, I mean, Dave, and Dave Grohl's drumming on it is, it's, it's unbelievable. It's honestly, every time I play it, it just gives me goosebumps and I've done it for years and years and played it. And like you say, as soon as you put it on, everyone goes, yeah, you know, it's, it's totally has still, still has that visceral effect and his vocals on it. Completely. Oh, they were amazing. It's it's, it's a weird thing. About six months ago, it's, I kind of ended up sort of taking Nirvana for granted because, like, I'm 47, so when, when like, grunge dropped, I was, like, 19, 20, whatever it was, and it was just – I was at the perfect age for it, you know, and that, that was yeah. what I wanted to – it just was, was incredible. It was so exciting. Yeah. And, yeah. and I guess because I've been DJing them records for so long, I'd sort of taken for granted. Then about six months mm. ago – I just saw a performance on on, te- on YouTube, just a, an MTV performance of them playing Drain You. And I was like, oh, my mm. God. And I went and listened to Nirvana albums again, which I hadn't done for, for years. And and you say that about his voice. It's like it doesn't get credited as, like, one of the greatest vocalists of all time. His voice is off the scale. Yeah. It's incredible. Like when you see that MTV Unplugged thing that they did, and he sings "The Man Who Who Stole Sold the World." There's yeah. a bit at the end. There's a, there's a bit at the end where the where the camera pans to him, and he he, he sings one line, and you can, it, it's heartbreaking when you you see this this look across his face. There's he something draws that happens breath, to him he? when he sings this one line, and but that's right. And it's it it's yeah. again giving me goosebumps thinking about it, and he. Yeah. The, the amount of emotion he has in his voice, and as you say, you know, he's not credited for being a really good singer. He was, but his, his control was was yeah. amazing. I think he's they are they were definitely like a groundbreaking. Certainly, like they 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 uh, had a big effect on me and my music taste. They they and they sent me like the Pixies way and they said you know I started to look at the Ramones more and stuff like that you know it, they were yeah. very much a yeah a totally amazing rock band and and he's I just okay. really really sad that he's not here anymore but sort of yeah sort of I suppose meant to be I guess he's do you know like with you know yeah. when you when you when you read about people like you know Amy Winehouse and you know Janis Joplin and people like that you think. I don't know how long they could have lasted because they had such yeah. a fire and they had such a a rage and a sadness in them that that they it feels like they did kind of burn themselves out and they gave us some most the most beautiful things and they couldn't do it anymore. And I suppose that what that's what yeah, makes them maybe. more unattainable, you know, and and it gives them that kind yeah. of godlike stuff. It does. I just think you know they're very hard to reach that and they do it 100 percent. amanda what was the first song that you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you um sirita and stevie wonder to know you is to love you lovely it was it it i remember someone very close to me playing it to me and and them saying to me, I I can't listen to this 
very very often because it has a an effect a profound effect on me and I remember hearing it for the first time and just when when her vocals come in and she's singing about him and say it, it's and just the production of it just like you know all the, all the, str- the strings on it the strings on it towards the end of the song is they are just mesmeric and and his voice and her voice and of course they were I think they were either going through a divorce or they had divorced at the time so it was all about them and it was all about this love that they couldn't keep together but they just made this most amazing music and it's such a it's, it, it, make, it makes me well up every time I listen to it because it's so, it's like, a, it's, again, it's like a, a perfect piece of music. It's just beautiful. And the lyrics in it. How old would you have been when you first heard that? I didn't hear it till I was about um, in my mid-20s, my mid to late 20s. I didn't, I didn't hear it. And I didn't really know about Sarita until uh, I heard that song. And then I, I, I kind of, I dug around and, and started downloading a lot of buying a lot of her stuff. Um, I'd always been a huge fan of Stevie Wonder, obviously, because I think, you know, he's ridiculous. He's ridiculous. Um, but that song certainly, and again, you know, like, like, like the person who played it to me, you know, I, I can't listen to that song very often. There's something profoundly moving about it and, and heartbreaking. Um, if you really just sit down and put your headphones on and you just get into it, it it's, um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's an incredible piece of writing, I think. Yeah. I urge anyone that hasn't heard it to listen to it. What's the emotion? What was the emotion that you got from hearing that? Well, for me, for me, it was like, it was because I'm such an, I'm such a, old romantic and I just I firmly believe in love and I firmly believe in you know the, the soulmates and things like this I'm such a ridiculous Shakespearean flipping romantic and it, that for me is like, that is like a, the epitome of 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 yearning and and angst and and wanting to be with somebody but you can't and the fact that they were you know that, that they loved each other but they couldn't be together and and it's sort of hot. It is heartbreaking. It, it makes me feel really sad. Yeah. They're, they're, but also, strangely, it's uplifting because, you know, it, it's, it talks about being free, you know, being free to, to love each other. And then, you know, whether you come back to each other, you do, or if you don't, then it's not meant to be. And it, it, it's like a, it is like a little Shakespearean play, that, that song, yeah. I think. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So, you you mentioned sort of, it makes you feel sad. Like If you're having a day where you're feeling a bit low, what sort of music yeah. do you lean towards? Do you sort of em- embellish them feelings and listen to something maybe quite somber or or do you put on something to try and lift you out of it or are you quite comfortable to kind of enjoy that mood and 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 I suppose you know well, what I'm saying? absolutely god I mean I think music is such an important part of anything you know any, any really sad I'll, I'll usually I'll indulge it a bit because I think it's important to indulge that emotion of feeling sad and go through it so I, I usually go to rumors you know because that's yeah. <laughs> that's probably like you know the ultimate fucking yeah um and I, I yeah I'll let my you know radio head I listen to radio head a lot you know um and go through it I think it's really good it's a cathartic thing to go through and music guides you through that music music is so important at guiding you and making you feel how you're supposed to feel. So I think, you know, if you, I tend to listen to what I'm thinking about and then just put something on and then it, 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 it and then it leads me to, you know, it would probably lead me to, I don't know, to, to, um, I don't know. I, I'm trying to think now, like ABBA, do you know what I mean? Some, eventually you'll get there and you'll, you'll get to a really good feel good, you know, a bit of disco or, you know, um, the four tops or stuff like that, you know, it, yeah. it, but I do. I will indulge it, and I will play. I'm always playing sad songs. I'm always yeah. there's a there's a song by Rachel Margata called Elephants, which again is like it's it's inc- it's just about breaking. It's about a breakup, and it's so moving. And so, and I I've never not listened to that and, and cried my eyes out. Rather self indulgently, I think. But I've always yeah. cried my eyes out to that, that, to that song. But I do think there's something important about doing that you know not to sound too actressy and stuff but i do think it I music, totally helps. music helps you so much you know I, it, it's it's a it's a it's a really important tool for for um for anything really anything you need you can there is a song or a piece of music you can go to in order to feel something or get through something you know 100 so yeah i indulge it, I indulge it. <laughs> <laughs> well for track three, I want to know, Amanda, the yeah. song reminds you of your time at school. <laughs> this was really hard because I, growing up, I, I loved the Beastie Boys and Def Jam records, and um, but I also was a massive fan of Melon Melon Kim and, you know, Stock Aitken and Waterman and things like that. So that was such a, they were such a, a, a huge part of my life. And there was a song actually that I couldn't find that Roxanne Shante used to sing, um, and I couldn't remember the name of it, but it, my, my go-to song was Redhead Kingpin and the FBI, and it was Do the Right oh, Thing. Because, what a tune! You remember? <laughs> Wasn't course. it? Yes! Wasn't it? Yeah. I'll let you into a secret. As much as yeah. I was throwing myself around to everything that the Beasties were doing, <laughs> 
I was yeah. secretly having a little move around my room to respectable and fun love and money. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> but they were, I mean, they were, they were great. Fun love and money was great and respectable. And, and what was it showing out? Like yeah, of course. I can't remember. But also, you know, I was a big, I was a huge, huge Curiosity Killed the Cat fan. Like I would wear mm. the beret and the striped top and I was trying to be Ben in, you know, and yeah. I, I fancied him. He was my first crush, actually, Ben from Curiosity. Um, but I kept going back to, you know, to the rap and to particularly stuff that was coming out of America, like, you know, um, early kind of um, Rob Bass and DJ Easy Run and people like that, you know, that... that and and salt and pepper as well. I mean, I think they yeah. were a big, they were a big um, influence on me growing up. And then of course, you oh. know, Madonna, Madonna as well. But, but but that that do the right thing song was, I just loved it. I loved the chorus when the the, the, the vocals came in. You know, it was a proper tune, <laughs> and it is a proper tune. It's still yeah. I still really love it. I still love it. Massively, it's great. Was was the yeah. Roxanne tune "Bang Zoom We're Going to the Moon"? Yes, I can't find it anywhere. And it's the bit at the end where Bugs Bunny goes, the rabbit kick the bucket, the rabbit kick the bucket. She does that bit at the end. Yeah. <laughs> I love that song. I remember being at school and there was a group, there was a girl, there was a group of girls that I used to hang around with. We were like, the, we were like this gang and we'd all bring our little tape. Do you remember those little tape recorder boxes that had yeah. two, t- the two tapes and yeah. used to come like in red and black and white. And, yeah. and I had a white one and we'd bring them in and I'd have my two tapes that I'd, I'd, I'd pressed play and record for the top 40. Do you remember yeah. you used to do that? Play and record. Always. And Roxanne Shine always was always the one I play. I loved that. But that's I couldn't find it. I couldn't find it to remember to play it. So, so how was school? Did you enjoy? Did you enjoy school? Um, I did enjoy. School. I liked secondary school. I didn't like primary school at all. But secondary school I loved, and I went to a really lovely school just down the road, actually, from where I live now. And we had this. It was right in the country, and so we'd have like big fields, and we'd just like we'd have our lunch. We would go and have lunch at lunchtime. And then we just we just lay around playing music. You know, we'd just play music and make up routines and things. And it was such a happy time, especially during the summer term. Um, yeah, I have really fond memories of secondary school. It was, it was a lot of fun. I mean, I don't we, think I, I, I wasn't academic, but I did, I did like school. So you, you say you wasn't academic. So obviously seeing where your career's gone, you was obviously creative. And um, was that, was that encouraged at school? Yeah, it was actually. Surprisingly, it was. I had a, an amazing drama teacher who I'm still in touch with called Mr. Towndrow, and he, he'd he say to me, you know, you you need you should be an actress. And at that point, I was wanted to be a dancer. You know, I, I was training to be a dancer, and I was going to ballet every night and trying to get into dance school after secondary school. Um, but he said, I think, even then he was saying, you know, I think acting is something you should do. But I, I there was, so, the thing was with me, there was, there was subjects, and I think my son is the same now, is that I could apply myself. I really, I, you know, I, 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 did, I had the ability. I just, I, if I was, if it didn't interest me, I was like, I can't be bothered. So history interested me, English, it, art, maths, I hated. So I just didn't bother. Um, physics, I hated. Chemistry, I loved. And th- if, one, if, if I liked something, I'd engage. And that's what my son's doing now. So he's furious for me. I'm like, mate you can do this and he said yeah but but papa said granddad said that you used to do it and i don't listen to him 
But yeah, so I, I, I was, I was encouraged by a lot of people actually at school to, to do, to carry on the artistic side. Um, they, yeah, it was never, it was never frowned upon by my parents or by my teachers, which was not, you know, which is, which I think is quite rare, especially back then, you know, there was always this thing of like, well, you need something, you need a backup. Do you know what I mean? You need something yeah. else because you might not get this. But that never happened. I think they were very supportive and that just spurred me on to to, to want to do it even more. So it was they, they were very encouraging. Was yeah. you a confident kid? No. And I'm not really confident now, actually. Um, I'm only confident about things that I, I'm passionate about. But I'm very shy. I'm really shy. Um, when I'm out, I, I tend to sort of not engage much and just sort of sit and observe. But um, I was really shy at school, yeah, really very shy. I'd been bullied as a kid at, at primary school, so I think that had some bearing on my not wanting to um, be forthcoming in things. I, I, I learned at a very early age that I could make people laugh, so I used to use that in order to, um, you know, to, to, to get in with the popular kids. But um, I didn't. I never. I was never like you know. Look at me. You know, I was never that. Um, but I, I did. You, I did you very, not like yeah, attention then? No, hated it. Hated attention. I still do. I still, I'm still very, I have to be in a really um, relaxed environment with people I really know in order to really be um, confident enough to, 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 to talk and to be outgoing, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Or if, if, you know, if I'm talking about stuff like this, like music that I love, if I'm talking about that um, or, or, or acting or things that I find really interesting, then I'm, I'm more likely to be, confident about it but actually yeah. Uh, yeah it 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 takes a lot of um gearing up and a lot of uh pushing inside me to kind of be uh outspoken and quite yeah. <laughs> confident you know yeah that's I why I'm an actor that. yeah do you yeah I are think you, so are you, not, are you quite shy um I <sighs> I'd probably say no, but then the more I think about it, the more I think I'm totally comfortable in uh, an environment where I can talk about the things that I'm really passionate about, much like what you've just said there. Like I can get so engrossed and talk with such confidence about music and film and things like that, the things that I'm, I'm into. But yeah. I think if I find myself yeah. in a, a scenario around people that have a very little interest in that and they're talking about something completely alien to me yeah. i then kind of get that imposter syndrome thing a little bit where i just think oh god am i i don't know if i'm kind of fitting in here i don't know like me too. Should I, yes. I know exactly what you mean i know exactly what you mean i feel a little bit yeah yeah exactly that face yeah. you just pulled there which no one would have seen that's exactly how i feel <laughs> And I just, I just, I feel myself sort of sit back in the conversation and, and just like breathe a bit and go, I have no idea now what's going on. I have no, because I also, when that happens, I'll drift off and start thinking about other things. So if somebody says, what do you think, Amanda? I'm like, what? Um, sorry, I was, I was thinking about something else. Because, because yeah. if I'm not engaged, I'll just go off and daydream. I'm a bit of a daydreamer. So, you know collecting flies like sort of thing like yeah. thinking about I'm, I'm exactly the same the amount of times i've sat in meetings and stuff and 
and the kind of attention's come around to me and I'm literally just engrossed in my own memory of could a badger beat a yeah. rabbit in a fight or something like that. You know, that's the kind yeah. of shit that goes yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't see baby pigeons. I don't quite really. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Um, Amanda, what was the first record you bought? Oh, right. This was Madness, It Must Be Love. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, and it was, I think I must have been about nine, I think nine or ten. And I remember I used to get, I used to have to do chores. My mum and dad used to make me do chores and then I'd get a pound note. I'd get a pound note, which was a lot in those days, actually. Um, And I used to save it all up and then... There was a place called. It was like Wal. Do you remember Woolworths? But there was a yeah. bigger one called called Woolco. Do you remember Woolco? It was a big. I yeah. don't know whether you whether you would. No, it was yeah Woolco, and they had a like W H Smith. They had like at the back of the shop. They had the records and tapes and everything and the singles. And my dad said, "Do you want to go and get a song? You know, do you want to go and buy a song?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm going to go and get." And I got Madness. It must be love. And I think I got Dollar, Mirror Mirror later on or but but certainly certainly madness was the first one and i remember having a little record player in my room and i remember playing it thinking oh this is my first little single i remember the cover as well it was them sort of doing this and it was white um but i loved that song i think it i think it's better than the original it is it is i think it's perfectly (laughs) fine to say that as well but if you watch the video Laddie yeah. Siffries, at, at the end of the video, there's like a load of people playing strings and then one takes his yeah. sunglasses off and smiles at the camera and it's Laddie Siffrey. Oh, oh, that's good. That makes me feel slightly better that I've said that it was a better version because he must have, you know, he must yeah, have given, it his, um, given him his blessing. He probably made He's a fair a few version, quid out of that he? as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, actually, that's true, yeah, because I think it was more popular than his version, wasn't it? Oh, so, God, yeah. But I love yeah. Magnet. I love oh. it's it's so weird it's like madness is generally the band when i ask people about school so many people reference madness and it, and it was it was 100 yeah. percent madness for me as well it was like that yeah. it was just i think as a kid as well just the fact that they were such silly bastards in all their videos that it, they they just looked like it. so much fun didn't they yeah yeah, I, I just that, that was I think that was the thing that I loved about them is that because their music was so good anyway. I mean, all their songs I think were amazing, like one step beyond. Uh, and, I, and I loved, you know, one of my favourite songs was Our House. I used to love that. I used to play that song all the time. That song, right, Amanda? There's there's a line in that song, and it's up there with my favourite ever lyrics. And uh, and it's it's so bizarre. But me and my best mate have, have been thick as fees for like forty years, and uh, and and we grew up obsessed with with madness. And there's a line in our house, uh, and it says, "I remember how we play. Simply wish the day away. Then we'd say nothing will come between us, two dreamers, and like." And we've both just been utter helmets and just tried to pursue the most batshit of ideas throughout our whole lives. And uh, and yeah, and I just hear that. At, and I just love the sentiment in that song yeah. as well. I just think it's beautiful. And I've said it a million times on this podcast that Madness are so underrated as a vital part of British culture. And, and you know, and yeah. to take on songs like Embarrassment, you know, 
you know, and uh, you know, a time when racism yeah. would have been rife in the UK, and they just put this music out yeah. and was like, look, this is what we're about. This is what we're about. You know, it's brilliant social commentary. Oh, brilliant! I think they were so good, and also, you know, their legacy is said their legacy is incredible. I think you know, and and totally un- underrated. Totally underrated, and I and I and I don't know whether it's because they were so wacky, and, and I hate that word wacky, but but they were so like it's like they didn't take it seriously, but they yeah. absolutely did, and I think yeah. I think people just go oh it's just madness, no but listen listen to the lyrics, yeah. listen to the lyrics, and just the production on their albums, the, the, mm. they're, they're they're proper, they're proper. They were a proper band. And again, they were such an influence on me growing up. I mean, them, Fun Boy 3, you know, all that. They, they were all really part of... Because also that time, you know, like the 80s was such a, a weird time for like, yeah. you know, that and all that and, and, and all this stuff that was going on that I didn't really understand because I was a kid. But at the same time, I knew that there was something going on. There was some kind of movement happening. Um mm. And they were part of it, you know. They were really part of it. Yeah. I think. I love them. I love them. I th- I saw them recently because they 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 were touring, weren't they? And I saw them, and they're still so good. Brilliant. I mean, uh, they're still brilliant. Life. They're still like, uh, yeah, they are, aren't they? Yeah. And he's and Suggs's voice is still so good. I love him. Amazing. Oh God, they were so good. Hello, I've interrupted the podcast again, haven't I? Sorry, it won't take a sec. All I want to say is, the songs that we're talking about in this podcast, if we can't play them, it's just because of the regulations regarding playing licensed music and such. So if you want to hear the songs, just go over to Spotify and search Off The Beat and Track Podcast and you can listen to all the songs because I've put playlists up for each of these. If you can't find it on there... I'll send links on all the social media accompanying each episode. So you've just got to press that one button and you can go through and you can enjoy all the songs that our guest picks. Anyway, I'll shut up, get back to the podcast. See you on the other side. Uh, And in other news, um, Dollar, um, David Van Day from Dollar lives about three roads up from where I'm sitting right now and uh, run for local councillor where I live. (laughs) He's all pro-Brexit, isn't he? He's pro Brexit. Oh yeah. Oh god, yeah. Like, did you see that? Um, did you see the video that he made about Brexit? I might. No. If you haven't seen it, I'll, I'll send it to you. It's one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen because he's so earnest and he's trying to oh, act. It's trying to be an actor. Awful. It's and and there's a good woman at going, David. What do you think about Brexit? And he's like, well, <laughs> oh, my God, don't do it. Don't just just get back with Teresa and start oh, making Oh, brilliant. Do Mira Mira, come on. Mira um, Mira. Um, track five, Amanda, I'm going to ask you to tell me the song that soundtracked your time clubbing. Uh, this was quite hard because around this time, um, two, uh, two albums came out that were, were – that were, so influential in my career. There was my, my, my the song is "Block Rocking Beats" by the Chemical Brothers, um, which uh, was the I every time that came on in a club, you, you just see everyone just come in like and just, yeah. it, it's such a good dance song. But it was very difficult because also "Fat of the Land" by the Prodigy Prodigy came out around that time as well, and there was you know 
Breathe and Firestarter was were, were also yeah. kind of up there with my list of um, favourites. But I think the Chemical Brothers for me just slightly edge it, just slightly yeah. um, win for me. And that block and block rocking beats the way it starts and it just builds and builds and builds. It's so good. It's like again, it's you know we were saying about you know anthems like that is an anthem, Massively. and it's uh, it's they were so good. And they, they, I remember seeing them at a V Festival and, and just so brilliant to watch. Just the way they, 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 yeah, I loved I loved them. And that would always get me on the dance floor. Any Chemical Brothers song, but particularly Block Rocking Beats, would always get me out on the dance floor. So where was clubbing for you? Yeah. The Electric Ballroom, the Electric Ballroom in Camden. Mm-hmm. And then what used to be, what is Coco? Camden up Camden. Yeah, and then there was Bar Rumba. Do you remember Bar Rumba? Yeah, Giles Peterson used to DJ there. That's right. And then I remember there was a little tiny place that we used to go to called Little Stabs at Happiness, um, which was down by the down by the mall, the mall, you know. And and Jarvis Cocker DJed there once, and they used to play really good stuff like D Light and stuff like that, and proper old, you know. Good yeah. stuff. Um, and also the garage. I used to go to the garage in Highbury. They used to do the most yeah. amazing indie night on a Saturday night. And they just, yeah, just a lot of, lot of um, oh, that was such a good night at the garage. They, yeah, it was brilliant. Like in spiral carpets and, you know, the charlatans and fool's gold, you know, they play the stone roses. It was yep. all that sort of stuff. So was that your kind of go-to clubbing? Because you, you mentioned like the, the prodigy, because... Even like, um, like, because even in indie clubs, like the, the Chemical Brothers and the Prodigy, they were, yeah. they were, they were the sort of two bands really that bridged it. Really, they, you know, they, they'd be playing them in like, you know, dance clubs across the world, but they were like anthems in indie clubs as well. That, yeah, they that they do always play like two or three Prodigy and Chemical Brothers songs at the garage. That, that was always yeah. that was always given. Yeah, and they did. They really did. They were kind of. They, like you said, they bridged that that gap between dance and indie, and I think that's why I love them so much. And and again, you know, yeah. still those those two albums, um, so good. They're so good. They really are the proper yeah. proper produced. Really, those beats as well. That that you know that the way. Oh, it's all you about know, beats. You can hear and that. What's this? Is it Setting Sun that that the Chemical Brothers did with Noel Gallagher? Incredible, yeah. incredible. Yeah, Love it. it's huge. Yeah, uh, and I think like both the Chemical Brothers and and Liam Howlett, like they they just knew how to. They just got like dance music and the drum sounds and just took it to yeah. a different level. I think it was like it was so much harder sounding. Yeah, yeah, it, it needed. Yeah, it was it was dirty. It was a dirty sound, wasn't it? It wasn't. Um, mm. I'm not very good with yeah. like trance and all that. I'm, I'm not a massive you know trance or garage fan, but, but that. Was yeah. it, it? It was like it was hard and dirty, and and felt. I don't know. It was. You got in. You know. You could feel it. You could feel the beat in there. Do you know? What I mean? You know. Cause the bass was so loud. It'd give me the same sort of feeling as I would have got from the Vinyl Rage Against the Machine five years earlier. Yeah. You know, yeah. it was that sort of yeah. hardness, and and you know, well, they're not dissimilar. They're not dissimilar in their in their kind of arc. Mm. You, you know, that the way they that that. The, mm. the, the, the sound of their music is it's it's that same 
insistent kind of, you know, brilliant underbeat of, uh, yeah, I love, I love them. And I still listen to them now. I still, like, if I go to the gym, I'll always put them on and just, like, run really furiously for, like, 20 minutes because it's, it's, they're fantastic. What did you want from clubbing? I wanted to, I, 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 I wanted songs that I knew, like, the, the, but also what I, I think a really good club night is, is that sort of stuff, like the Prodigy, Chemical Brothers, even a bit of Josh Wink, even a bit of that. I quite like, you know, the mm-hmm. higher state of consciousness is a really good <laughs> But also, you know, I like a bit of soul, you know, Amazing. I like a bit of, you know, 60s Motown and, and, you know, stuff like D-Light and stuff, you know, like a bit of disco, you know. Cheryl Lynn and people like that. I I think if you have all that mixture, um, it makes for such a good night. You know, if you've got a bit of soul, funk, disco, yeah. dance, and a bit of indie in it, I, you can't go wrong, really. And it felt like in the mid nineties that 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 was happening in lots of clubs. You know, that that kind of hybrid of of the kind of. The, the indie thing and then the Britpop thing merged with the acid jazz thing and then so you'd get a bit of that and you, all of these clubs like Jarvis would be DJing and he would, you know, and there'd be Northern Soul and there'd be all of this stuff all thrown in this kind of sort of, I don't know, what it wasn't necessarily the most sort of straightforward of indie nights. It was all of them things all thrown in the pot and it's, I don't see that in Clubland so much now and I think it's, you know, no. it's a shame that, you know, there's not more events that are more kind of genre blending. I went to a club recently. I went to, I can't remember where we went, but we went to this club night and everyone was on their phone. Everyone was on their phone on the dance floor, not dancing. And it was a bit like, what? I, don't, I didn't really understand it. I was like, I was up on this balcony with some friends and I was looking down and no, no one was dancing. And I was a bit like, I don't, yeah. you know, just, just like the, on the, it's the way it's going to be now. It's that just, you're not just not going to, you're not going to be enjoying the moment. You're just going to be taking selfies of yourself looking like you're enjoying it. It, it, it just felt a little bit weird, really. Because I remember when I used to go, I just used to be on the dance floor. It should be about escapism, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And I used to get on yeah. the dance floor and every time a tune came on, everyone would go nuts. And it was such a really, it was like a really lovely, exciting experience to go dancing. Um, and I yeah. think that just Definitely. feels a bit now, I don't, it's not something that do anymore. People do TikTok and do all that stuff now, which is I don't really get. You know, <laughs> just getting old. That's what it is. Every time I look out of my window, or or one of my kids walks in the room or walks past me, they're doing some yeah. bizarre thing with their arms, and it's they're just doing like TikToks all the time. Me too. My it daughter, makes me feel she's a twelve, old. and I'm talking to her. I'm saying, um, "Have you done your homework?" She's going, "Yeah." And so stand still, stand still, stand still. <laughs> this is insane totally. now. This is like it's like it's like a disease. It's like all it's like all that. And it's like what do you yep. Don't just stand still. Just stand still. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay. Track six. A favourite song from an artist from this your home county. Really made me happy when I found this out. Um it's because this is one of my favourite ever songs of all time ever. Uh, it's the zombies time of the season. And they were from St. Albany. Oh, and I was, I was right. so like, I can't tell you how happy I was when I read that. 
And I think one of the, one of the, because they had like lots of different lead singers up until, but one of the guys was from Hatfield, which is literally like a spit away. So um, that yeah. really made me happy because I love the zombies. And that song, Time of the Season, is, again, you know, I think that whole like 1968, 1969 period, we were making some phenomenal music. And that was one of the songs that I think is just like, it's such a testament to that time. It's so beautiful. It's so, oh, yeah. I love it. I love the zombies and I love that song. So I was over the moon yeah. <laughs> when I found out it was from St Albans. I can't think if it, was there anyone else from St Albans when you had a, a look? No, I think Deep Purple were from, um, Deep Purple were from Hertfordshire. And I can't remember. Who else. I can't right. remember who else it was. There's, there was a few. There was a few metal bands, which is which I can understand. Cause... Yeah, enter, enter Shikaria <laughs> from around that way, and the subway. The subways are okay, from there right, as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I think we have a lot of. I can't think. I can't think who else. But yeah, I think yeah, Deep Purple were from around here, which is really you know, or Black Sabbath or something like that. I don't know. But anyway, I was very, I was very chuffed about the zombies. Because my dad, my dad used to, when I was a kid growing up, um, the weekend, my dad, because my dad worked all week and I didn't really see him. So at the weekend, he'd sit me down and he'd play me albums. You know, he'd say, look, this is. And so he was the one that introduced me to the Small Faces, um, the Rolling Stones, the Beatles, Van Morrison, um, the Beach Boys, you know, Bob Dylan. He was, you know, and he'd play me a, a, an album a week and because so, he was like a mod. You know, my dad was a mod from the 60s. Both my mum and dad were mods. So they had this really amazing record collection. And then my mum would come in and say, play some Kiki D, play us some Kiki D. Um, so I grew up in a very musical house in terms of um, my education of music. My dad was, was such a... a a bit of a geek when it came to you know albums and stuff and so he passed that on to me so I always had a love of all different genres and and um decades of music and it was uh and and I remember him playing me the zombies when I was about 15 and going Jesus this is this is a tune this is a tune it's yeah the way it kicks in that kind of you know that that beat is and his voice as well is it Colin Blundstone yeah. And aside from um, the fact that that was an education, getting them weekly sort of album plays with your dad, what mm. a beautiful thing to have, like once a yeah. week sit down and listen to an album with your dad. Lovely, yeah. It was lovely, yeah. Because I was never, you know, my dad was always working. Was, I came from one of those families where my dad was always working and I spent a lot of time with my mum. And so that little time was really lovely. And I think he just liked playing music. I think he just liked to, he, you know, he, and he liked the idea of imparting that knowledge and that passion that he had onto me. And I think, uh, yeah, it was, it was really lovely. And I, I learned so much and that's, you know, he kind of formed my, um, I suppose my taste and my, my, um, because yeah. I've got quite, I, I think, I, you know, I, I like, I don't, I'm not a snob basically. I'm not, I don't think I'm a because a lot of, well, I'm yeah. not going to listen to Shania Twain. It's like, well, you know, she's written some good songs. You know, Taylor Swift's written some great songs. Totally. Don't be like, because, you know, it's a good song. It's a good song. And, and so I've never been snobby about music ever. Um, and I think that's because of him. You know, it's because my dad said, we well, you know, 
just be open to all kinds of music yeah. and albums and stuff. And, and that's what I did. So, yeah, it was lovely. It was really nice. So for track seven, yeah. you can be DJ now. And it's a song that many may not know that you would like them to hear. Well, listen, this is a young girl that I know. And I don't think anybody might. I don't think anybody will know her at the moment. But I urge you to go and listen to her. She's a girl called Emma Noble. And it's a song called No Turning Back. And she's just, she's got another album coming, another song coming out, I think this week or next week, called Woman of the World, which is a very, uh, it's a very, I think it's quite rare Marvin Gaye. She's covered a Marvin Gaye song. But but this one, No Turning Back, she's a, she's, she's a DJ and she writes her own songs. And it's kind of, it's, it's funk, it's funk and soul. She's, she's, um, She's really good. She's really good. She's kind of like um, Lack of Afro and uh, sort of um, Noonday Undergroundy kind of person. And she's got the most amazing voice. And she's just reminiscent of that whole kind of 60s um, soul and funk sound. So, I, yeah, it's called No Turning nice. Back. It's No Turning Back and it's Emma Noble. She, I think she's really worth a listen. She's, she's a great singer. And a really good songwriter. Well, we put together a Spotify playlist to accompany this podcast where we had all the songs that we spoke cool. about. So um, people will be able to go over and listen and, 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 and check out Emma Noble as well. Um, presuming she's on Spotify. She is, yeah. Um, yeah she is. And, uh, oh, good. Um, and so as we find ourselves hopefully on the way out of lockdown now and, uh, you know, when things start to sort of resume and, safely fingers crossed totally um <laughs> what are you looking forward to and what have you got coming up what am i looking forward to? i'm looking forward to um going back to work again i've got a couple of little telly jobs which are which are lovely which is which are going to happen sort of in september i'm looking forward to my children going back to school <laughs> <laughs> i'm really, I'm really they go back Tuesday and I'm literally <laughs> my like, wow, it's like, nearly there, kids. And actually, in you know, in in their defence, they're looking forward to going back as well. So um, getting yeah. back into a routine that we were in before this craziness of like you know them being at school and seeing their friends and me being able to do stuff during the day and getting back into some sort of routine with work and stuff. Um, yeah, I'm really excited about that, and I'm just hoping that 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 nothing scuppers it and that we don't have to have another lockdown and because I don't know what that'll do for everybody's morale to be honest I think everybody's sort of now wanting to move on from this and 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 try and get back to some sort of normality um but I suppose the way to do it is put your headphones on and listen to some music and get through it (laughs) that's what I'm gonna do (laughs) absolutely absolutely Amanda, thank you so much for your time today. I've had a blast yeah, talking with so you. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed it. I'm so pleased you got me on. Thank you. Thanks. There you go. I told you that was a good chat. Um, Amanda was absolutely ace. And uh, yeah, who'd have thought we'd been talking? We'd be talking about Dollar, Mel, and Kim, and the Prodigy, you know, and the Chemical Brothers. Um, I just love it when these kind of chats just pinball all over the place and then she touched on something about you know snobbery in music there is no place for it you know the 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 rush you get from hearing you know a bit of what you know you could think is disposable pop music from from a time when you was growing up 
will evoke something and i think that's that's what makes these chats so interesting just people talking passionately about you know these songs that you know just struck a chord with them at some point and you know and trigger memories and and that's what that's what i love about music and that's what i love about you know getting to chat to so many of these ace people about um about their reactions and feelings and memories and nostalgia attached to these records anyway as mentioned at the beginning of the podcast as well there is um 150 or so episodes so go and get stuck in and, and have a little look in the archives um as well as that i did also mention there is a patreon page so if you enjoyed this and you want to um get access to some more stuff alongside the the general releases then you can also uh, sign up over there and support the podcast thanks ever so much for listening thanks once again to amanda uh for the the, the super chat and and i'll be back next time have a lovely day see you soon bye-bye i've got an announcement save our souls clothing www.sosclothing.co.uk why am i telling you this because they're our official sponsor yeah that's right go and check them out because their clothing is off the scale you're going to love it so they've decided they want to be our sponsor which is amazing and what i have to do is i have to tell you about why they're amazing so here's a little bit of blurb so they've only been going a year and they're based in south end on sea just up the road from me they put the company together based on a a love of tattoos and alternative music and they've worked with some of the greatest artists around the world to produce these items of clothing that are as unique as you lot all of the designs are printed using biodegradable, sustainable and water-based inks. In addition to that, they only print on garments made by members of Fairwear Foundation. I mean, come on, great clothing and a conscience. Since going live in April last year, they've seen their audience grow massively and are now selling orders all across the world. And they were recognised by Cosmopolitan magazine as one of the best sustainable clothing brands alongside names such as Stella McCartney. I mean, that's quite a first year, right? So go and check them out because they've put a lot of love into supporting this podcast and I couldn't be happier. What else they've done is they've given you 15% off. So if you head over to www.sosclothing.co.uk, do a bit of shopping, see what you like, throw it in the basket, and then on the way out, put in the discount code Beat 15, B-E-A-T-1-5, and that'll save you 15% off. Amazing, right? www.sosclothing.co.uk, official sponsors of Off The Beat and Track Podcast. It's Off The Beat and Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.